Thank you so much for being here tonight as we look at this word about justification. I do want to say one thing that I failed to mention this morning, but uh, there's you, maybe you've seen some of our dishes laying around and wandering around here. Uh, and I was supposed to announce this morning, I forgot to do that, I apologize about that. But we have out in the foyer a table with a bunch of dishes on it. And so if you've cooked some food or prepared something for a meal here or something some for someone, uh, please go by that table and claim your dishes because I've been informed if you do not claim those dishes they will end up over at the fairground this Saturday for the giveaway so if you want your dishes go back there and check uh, for uh, on that table for your dishes uh, and I know what that, that 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 will be greatly appreciated in speaking about justification I came across an illustration that I thought uh, well, it, it explains justification really, really well. The story goes there's a man in England and he owned a Rolls Royce car. And he decided that he would take a what they call a holiday, a vacation. And so he's going to tour the continent. And so he loads onto the boat uh, this Rolls Royce car, this nice car. And, and he goes out on his trip and while he's on his trip, he begins having some trouble with his car. And so he calls the Rolls Royce people back in England and he says, I'm having trouble with my car. What do you suggest I do? Well, the Rolls Royce people, they sent a mechanic over to him, repaired his car, and the mechanic uh, then went back to England. And he began wondering, well, I wonder how much that I owe for this repair job on my car. And so as he returned home, when he got home, he sent a letter to the Rolls Royce people. And he said, I appreciate uh, my, the repair on my car, uh, but I, I want to know how much I need to pay for that. To which they sent back a letter and it said, Dear Sir, there is no record anywhere in our files that anything ever went wrong with a Rolls Royce. That's justification. In many English Bibles, the word justification only appears three times, and here's the Scriptures that they appear in. Uh, Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4 and verse 25. Who was delivered up because of our offenses... And was raised because of our justification. Also Romans chapter 5 verses 16 and 18. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came through came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. Therefore, as though one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. And some other terms that convey this idea of justification are atonement. I think we've looked at that word a few times. Uh, another one is vindication or acquittal. You remember uh, famous trials over time where people were acquitted of the crime, the very crime they were accused of, and, and then sentenced for, but later they were acquitted. 
And so this has the idea or has the same idea of the term justification. And then the New Testament, there's some, some Greek words, an entire family of Greek words, and I can't pronounce all these, but I want you to notice them in their forms and what they mean. The adjective form of the Greek word means right in relation to a standard, just or fair. The adverb means justly, correctly, or uprightly. The noun form means justice, righteousness, and uprightness. Uh, the verb form is to vindicate, that word again, by granting a favorable verdict. Another noun form is that of justification, vindication, or acquittal we've already mentioned. Another noun form would be that of righteousness. It refers to the status of being regarded as, a right, as in a right relationship to God and God's standard. Henceforth, that term, uh, word right, being involved in that word. The noun form, uh, I'm sorry, here's an interesting point. In English, we do not have a verb form for righteousness, such as righteous. So many translators would often use the word justified to translate the idea of being uh, made reckoned or continued to be made righteous. Uh, the classic passage in the Old Testament conveys the same idea. It's from Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6, where Abraham believed the Lord and it was accounted to him or counted to him as righteousness. Justification. The noun form for righteousness in this passage uh, can mean to be in the right. To make someone appear upright or to declare as in the right. And I want us to notice some scriptures. Open your Bibles, if you will, to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, and we'll meet there in just a few minutes. And we'll notice justification and righteousness and vindication and acquittal in that passage. But I want you to notice on the screen uh, some other passages that have to do with this idea of justification. First of all, in the Old Testament book of Genesis chapter 15, notice on the screen, uh, verse 6. And he believed in the Lord... And he accounted it to him as righteousness. Romans chapter 4 and verse 3. Uh, for what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Uh, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 6. Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. All those words very similar to the idea of justification. As if uh, nothing had ever happened. As if someone had said, just if I had never sinned. One of the things that we mentioned this morning in our lesson about what Paul dealt with with the churches in Galatia, the Hebrew writer dealt with with those Hebrews that he was writing to, also other places that Paul dealt with, um, these Christians that had this Jewish background, they argued that in addition to faith in Christ, one still needed to keep the law of Moses in order to be saved. And Paul dealt with that over and over and over again. He argued with them. He reasoned with them uh, about justification. Galatians chapter 2. Not coming by the law, but through Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 11. 
Uh, the prophet declares that the suffering servant will make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. This language resonates uh, with the atonement analogy of the Mosaic Law. The Day of Atonement, the ceremony that is listed there in Leviticus chapter 16, uh, where the sins of the people were uh, confessed over a sacrificial goat. And then a second goat, the scapegoat, is released into the wilderness to carry the iniquities of the people away. Not until the New Testament do we come across uh, and come to understand true atonement in Jesus Christ taking place at the cross. Justification comes through atonement. We receive atonement through Jesus Christ as we mentioned this morning. And I want us to look and read through this passage, Luke chapter 15 beginning in verse 11. And this is a very familiar passage to us. Uh, talking about the parable of the lost son. And I want you to see the justification, uh, the forgiveness, the vindication, the acquittal that comes in this story. Notice it, if you will. Luke chapter 15, beginning in verse 11. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of my goods that falls to me. So he divided them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and, and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and I go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this, my son, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to make merry. You remember the older brother? The older brother was frustrated when he came and he heard the the celebration going on. And he asked, what's going on? And then he became angry. And he begins this discourse with his father. Verse 29, So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these, all these years I have been serving you. I have never transgressed your commandment. And at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as the son of yours, this son of yours, 
who has devoured your livelihood with harlots. You killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. You see, Jesus expresses this story to these individuals that reminds them that through forgiveness in Jesus Christ, they are granted justification. Isn't it interesting that this son goes off and he, and he lives in such a way, but when he returns, the father's waiting for him and he falls on his neck and he kisses him and the Bible says he has compassion on him. Put a robe on him, a, fing, a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Kill the fatted calf. Let's, let's have a celebration. Because my son who is dead is now alive. My son who was lost is now found. That's justification. Found in forgiveness. Found in being made right before God. You know, as I read that story, I think about... I think about a couple that years ago, back when I lived down in Decatur, Alabama... Well, the church we were working at, there was a couple that I know many of the elders, many other people had reached out to for 20 years. 20 years they had left the church. 20 years they had been uh, not faithful in, in, in being with the church and worshiping God. Many people reached out to them, encouraged them, and, and asked them, uh, to, invited them to come back, encouraged them to come back. They were, like the parable says, in the far country. But one day, they returned. And I saw this kind of unfold, at least the first part of this story, and, and how everyone was so glad that they were back. So glad that they, came, they had come back to the Lord. So glad they had come back to the church. So glad they had come back to the family. And I saw that scene of people loving on them, welcoming them, sharing in justification because they had returned back. An interesting side note to that story, about two or three years later, that gentleman... The, the husband and wife, the gentleman, left this earth. Left this earth being justified. Left this earth having returned to God. Left this earth being in the forgiveness of God. The status change from lost to found, from dead to alive... It's symbolic of the change from unrighteous status to righteous status. Made possible through the justification provided through Christ's blood. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Paul gives a shocking list of the sins that the Christians 
had formally committed and formally been a part of and urged them to leave off these practices because you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. Justified. Someone has said it reminds us that these are not new sins, that the blood of Christ can deal with them, and that they are not practices that should continue for the Christian. Paul reminded them, you used to live this way. You used to be in the far country. You used to be out there practicing those things. But now you are washed. You are justified. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 14. This theme uh, permeates through this, uh, this chapter and this verse. Verse 14, For by a single offering He has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. He was perfectly just. He suffered injustice so that the unjust might be justified in the eyes of God. You know, there's some metaphors that are found that describe justification in Scripture. For example, Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18 uh, talks about going from scarlet to white as snow. Zechariah chapter 3 verses 1 through 5, the Bible talks about going from filthy garments to that of clean robes. Luke chapter 7 and uh, verses 41 and following, from bankruptcy to being debt free. Ephesians chapter 2, Paul talks about going from being dead to alive. In his book, Written in Blood, Robert Coleman tells the story of a little sister, of his little sister who needed blood. His sister had a disease that at that time that he had also had, but he had overcome. And the doctor said that because they had to, both had the same rare blood type, <clears throat> that he was the only way for his sister to be cured is through a blood transfusion. And so he asked him, he said, would you be willing to give your sister, Mary, your blood? He thought for a minute. His lip trembled. And then he looked up at the doctor with a smile and he said, Sure, for Mary, I'll do it. So the day came and they wheeled them both into the hospital room. Mary, she was frail and feeble. But the boy, he was strong and vibrant. And so they... Uh, they put the needles in their arms and they began the transfusion of, of taking some of his blood and giving it to his sister. And their eyes met. He looked over and he smiled at her. And then he turned away and he asked the doctor, how long will it take? And the doctor says, take for what? It won't take that long. How long will it take before I die? 
It was then that the doctor realized Johnny had misunderstood. You see, when he asked, he was asked, will you give your blood for Mary for your sister so that she might live? He thought that meant all her blood. But little Johnny, he did not have to die. And his sister was made better. You see, because of sin, death has come into the world. And Jesus says, I, I, will, I will go to that cross. I will extend forgiveness and justification and atonement and vindication and acquittal to those who will come to me. Just like Johnny had done for his sister, Jesus has done for us. So that you and I, through the blood of Christ, might enjoy justification just if I'd never sinned just like that Rolls Royce there's no record just if I'd never sinned have you given your life to Jesus tonight Jesus is calling Jesus has called all who labor and are heavy laden that includes the burden of sin to lay that down in that water and grave of baptism. To rise in newness of life, giving your life to Him, submitting to Him in faith, belief, obedience, confessing, and going your way, rejoicing, being justified. If we can assist you any way tonight, come forward and let's assist you any way we can. As together we stand and sing.